Blog Talk Radio. Floyd. That's who I am. 
and so obviously T, right? You know, T for Terrence. And uh, Commissioner just came from running a lot of Madden leagues years ago, and I was the head guy running the EAFL. Uh, Madden football leagues and we did a lot of good things over there and um, started doing the Madden voice um, aka Madden NFL football John Madden the football game uh, talked exclusively about uh, the video game every year which I believe comes out next week I think it comes out next week I'm a little removed from that these days but um still keep my ear to the ground but anyway um, and then when I decided that I had that really did everything that could be done in that genre uh it was just kind of time to move on and leave the video gaming behind um always loved football made a lot of good friends doing the madden stuff and um kind of segued the video game stuff into nfl football and you know when you watch espn or nfl network or you know any of the other shows that cover football, the one thing I always think is missing is just the everyday football fan's point of view. All you all you hear is former players, former coaches, and sports writers that all claim to be experts in this game. And then you hear some of the stuff they say, and some of it is very good and very credible. And some of it, you just got to say, really? 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 And it fuels us here at the Madden Voice to provide another view, another opinion, another alternative from someone maybe not as close to the game, someone who never played football on that level, someone who never coached football on that level, you know, someone that didn't go into locker rooms and do journalism and thinks they know everything. Actually, someone who sat, you know, in their living room and watched football for a number of years, goes to the bar and watch football, reads internet stuff, keeps himself up to speed about what's going on in the game, and actually. It's kind of a common sense approach, not swayed by relationships in the media, swayed by relationships on football teams, swayed by relationships with former coaches. We don't care. We call it like it is. And you know what? I won't say it's a unique formula, but I will say it's a unique formula. <laughs> and thus, we have the Madden Voice. We are back for another season. Uh, this might be season 10. Season is it two thousand? I think this is this might. I don't know. I gotta go look and see. I'm not sure what season it is, but um, we've done hundreds of shows. We've had a number of very interesting guests on the show. Um, the show can be a call in, or you can check and, and go to iTunes and get it as a podcast. Whatever works for you. Uh, it's a free show. This, this is not about trying to make money or anything like that. This is really just about the love of the game, and um, it actually doing the show. Really, for me, and I can't speak for my whole co-host, but I'll be bringing him on shortly. But doing the show actually makes the games even a little more interesting, you know, because I know I got to come talk about what went on. And, you know, I, I need to be on top of my game. One, because if you don't like what we're talking about, you're not going to listen. So, first of all, I got to deliver something that you guys are going to like. And second of all, I got some co-hosting on their game. You know, and I can't come in here half-stepping. So it actually means that we we actually got to pay a little bit more attention and bring you something different. I don't want to regurgitate or repeat what you guys hear on ESPN or any of these. No, I don't want to do that because then why listen to us? Just listen to them. We're going to bring you something a little bit different, a little bit unique. And based on, man, we haven't done a show since March. And um, I looked at the ratings, and people were listening to our 
um, off-season shows straight through the summer. People were listening to the podcast. So I, I want to thank everybody for that. Um, keep it up. Uh, if you want to reach us, Twitter is up, at The Madden Voice. Or you can go to the Madden Voice page, which for the last couple of days has been more active. Some stories there, and you can post something if you want or just like the page. And, uh, you know, we, we want this year to be uh, our best year yet, and so far I think it will be. It will be. But enough about who I am, enough about the background on the show. I only do that once. You guys ain't got to hear it all that again, uh, you know, for the rest of the, of the season. You did it once for the first show, and that's it. If you missed it, then just, just catch the archive, and you can, you can hear all that, all that gobbledygook all over again. Um, but let me bring on my co-host. And this guy is – now, now – I, I always introduce him as one of the best Madden players around. And then last year, I felt like, damn, you know, this guy's got longevity. He's out there winning tournaments. You know, I actually started calling him one of the best ever. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of talk about the top top uh, uh, wide receivers with the whole T.O. thing on first take and Floyd Mayweather putting Muhammad Ali as number five top boxers ever. I, I don't even know if we're going to touch on that because that's really not football related. But really, Floyd. But anyway. Um, but I got to tell you, this guy right here, K-Star, I got to say, man, if I if I had to pick maybe five, definitely ten, definitely ten, definitely top ten, could go top five. He's got that much longevity, that much skills. He's out there in Indianapolis, Indiana. He is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Always brings something unique to the Madden voice. Check out, check him out on Madden Nation Season 4. It's on iTunes. It's on the Internet. Just Google Madden Nation Season 4. Um, he's He's a little larger than than he is now dude found the gym and dieting now he looks all good and slim making me mad and stuff but enough about that k-star welcome to the madden voice nice intro i appreciate it that's the first show you're gonna get they ain't getting that every show but the first show you can have that i appreciate it i'm happy to be back and miss you guys uh yeah, I take a little bit of offense as a comment, you know, looking all good. I, even when I was a big man, I looked good. Let me tell you something. I knew I was sexy before everyone else knew I was sexy. I just had to, you know, prove it. So. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> you still sexy as a father? Because that's really the key. If you can carry that on being sexy as a father, then, you know, then you got it made. Yeah, so far we're good, but it, we're a little early into this whole fatherhood thing. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It, 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 it's going to be there for the rest of your life now. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes, sir. All right. All right. K-Star is back. And uh, this guy I'm about to introduce, you know, this is, this is and again, we get a little longer introductions because it's the first show back. This is a guy I've known pretty close to 10 years, and I've never met him in person. Never met him in person. I know what he looks like. He knows what I look like, Facebook and social media. But I've never, we've never met in person, just geography. But I honestly feel like he is one of my better friends. I honestly feel like outside of the Madden voice, this guy and I will stay friends forever. I feel that way sincerely. We used to talk football all the time and had some really um, interesting, <laughs> spirited discussions. And I said, hey, man, you know, we're wasting all this good stuff in the car. I'm driving, he's driving, whatever. You need to come on to Madden voice. Like T, I don't know. I said, dude, all you got to do is what you've been doing right here. This good stuff right here. You love football. You love them Bears. I said, ah, let me think about it. And he decided to join the show, man. And the show's never, never been the same, man. It's a great addition to the show. He was a great Madden player back in his day. Um, this guy has a PhD. 
Okay, I ain't talking player hitters degree. I'm talking about the real deal, Holyfield PhD. Thus, we call him Doctor. He is the Doctor of Philosophy. Doctor Train, welcome to the Mad Voice. Dude, I can never get tired of you introducing me, man. I miss y'all to death. <laughs> and you know the one thing that I forgot to mention? <laughs> this guy, way back when we started the Madden EAFL, way back, this guy won the very first EAFL Super Bowl. He'll always have that as a as an area of distinction. That's right. That's right. Hey, 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 K-Star, did you know, speaking of Madden, you know, the Prima guy, of course, you know, S. Gibbs and Z. Farrells, Yep. You you know they came from the EAFL, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I I just didn't know I didn't know if you know that. Not like I they ever give give us any credit, but yeah, he, all that came through the EAFL back in the day, you know. But happy for him. Online Madden League ever. There yeah, great league, I'm not surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well listen, man, let's you know, enough for all the all the welcomes and all the kumbayas, man. Let's get to some football, man. Let's let's get to some football. You know, I, I have been waiting for several days to to I want to start with Dr. Train, okay? I want I have been waiting. I have been eagerly awaiting. And what better way than to start with the doctor, okay? I want to hear. I'm 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 turning the show over to Dr. Train. Brandon Marshall had some very interesting comments on first take about Jay Cutler. And I tried to find the audio, but I couldn't get the audio, or I would play it, but I don't have it. Um, so I apologize to all the fans out there. But, um, Train, maybe you can give a summary of what he said and then your thoughts. Because now, as everybody knows, Brandon Marshall is now with the, uh, with the Jets, right? Yeah, the Jets. Um, maybe give a little summary on what he said, and then what are your thoughts on your former number one receiver and your franchise quarterback? Well, uh, as far as his – his uh, interview on first take, that's, I, I didn't catch that. I caught everything on NFL.com. I, I read all that he said there, so I don't I don't know his exact words on first take. I will say I agree with him, though, but I but this was my stance last season. Like, I know Jay Cutler quit, stopped playing, didn't care, played for himself. I, I believe everything Brandon Marshall said. Absolutely. I don't have any faith in that guy as far as the season is concerned. Do you think Brandon Marshall should even be – I mean, he's gone. Should he even be – because the reason I ask it's, this is because he was with the team, mm-hmm. and now he's gone, and now, you know, it's it, – it, it's, I mean, it, it, it's close. Not saying I don't agree with him. But why even why even go there? You ain't with them no more. You know, from, See, from that, you know, from that standpoint, it is, it is a bit of sour grapes, in my opinion, on, on from from Brandon Marshall actually saying it now versus then. But you know, in some of his interviews towards the end of last season, you 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 saw that he started to really lose. He wasn't really supporting Jay Cutler towards just a few interviews that uh, from from the end of last season. He wasn't really supporting Jay Cutler, so. Uh, I mean, but to say it now, it's definitely a, a bit of sour grace, but it's definitely the truth. Mm. <laughs> it really is the truth. That's that's the part that's up. 
So, so is there is there optimism in Chicago with this guy? I mean, I'm reading stuff today about how he hasn't thrown an interception mm-hmm. at all in preseason. I'm like, whoop de doo. Who cares? You it's know, practice. like it's not even preseason. It's practice. I'm, right, it's practice. Exactly. Practice. practice, man. Yeah, I mean, is but, there is there is there any um is there any optimism? I think the optimism, if there, if there is optimism, there, there's two things. One is it's the coaching staff, meaning that if they have to, they will take the ball out of his hand. And and two, uh, my biggest optimism is on the defensive side of the ball. I just know, I guarantee we will not be the worst defense in the league. I'm not saying we're about to be the best, not even top ten. I just know we won't be the worst. But okay. offensively, I, it, it really just all depends on how much control they allow Jay Cutler to have. And I think uh, the optimism is that this regiment would just take the ball out of his hands if they need to. Okay. Um, K-Star, any thoughts on Brandon Marshall and his comments on Jay Cutler um, now that he's no longer a bear? I mean, it's something we all kind of suspected, right? Uh, we always talk about how it seemed like he didn't care, body language type, or how he presented himself to the media. And his teammates, uh, if he feels that way, then clearly there was something to that. And that there, at the time when we were speculating, there was uh, quite a bit of just people reading characteristics that we took into account. And it's obvious. I mean, I don't think anyone was surprised by Jake Cutler being kind of exposed by Brandon Marshall for not caring. However, I will say that Brandon Marshall also said that Colt Horton is the best quarterback he's ever played with, and I just don't see that to be the case. So there might be a little bit of, like, scorn lovers type of uh, back and forth going on. Um, so trying to keep that in mind. But, uh, again, it didn't surprise me. I'm sure there's some truth to that. I don't think it's probably as, you know, quite as extreme or definitely as, as bad as Marshall is saying because I think he's probably adding a little bit of his own emotion towards that. But there's definitely some truth to it, clearly. Okay. All right. Um, my, you know, my my brief comments were, I mean, I'll be brief, but um, it, 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 clearly he knows what he's talking about. I agree with him. He's right. I just think that, you know, you were on Showtime last year, right? You know, you, you, you did say some things while you were with the team, and I know that etiquette and all that, you know, you don't want to be that guy. But, you know, I, I do kind of feel like, you know, I mean, he even said he don't, you know, they hadn't talked and he hoped that they're still friends, you know. But then you get out there and you, you dog the guy. And, and I'm not saying that Jay Cutler doesn't deserve it because I, I tend to agree with the stuff. But but then you say, well, I hope we're still friends. I did, it just something about it. While I agreed with him, I felt it wasn't cool. I felt it wasn't cool, you know. You that was your team for a long time. Um, that was your teammate for a long time. That was your quarterback for two teams, and um, you know now you're sitting out here dogging him. You know, and I, it just rubbed me a little bit. Rubbed me a little bit. But he's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's right. But I just wish he had just kind of said, "Hey, look, man, I ain't with the Bears no more, man." You know, uh, you know, ask Alshon Jeffries. You know, ask Matt Forte. You know, you're asking me for, man. I ain't there no more. They got rid of me. They traded me. I'm gone, you know. I got a new team. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's why I agree. that's that's where I agree with you, D. But he's definitely right. <laughs> that's the bad part. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the bad part. That is the bad part. Um, so all right. Well, I was curious your thoughts, and you pretty much echoed what I thought you were going to say. Um, I you know I have to I have to I, I got to get you guys take on this next topic because um, I wasn't going to talk about it, um, but it, it it came up again. This whole to thing. This whole T.O. thing. Um, and I, 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 I'm going to read some of his response because he actually responded. For those of you, I mean, it's all over the Internet. It's all over. You know, it's been on, you know, it's, it's coverage. But Skip Bayless has said that T.O. would not go to Hall of Fame if it was up to him. The T.O. is not a Hall of Fame player. Okay. Um, simply because of the off-the-field distractions, the locker room issues, the divisiveness that he says that T.O. brought to the game. Even today, with Brian Dawkins, former teammate of T.O., on there telling him that T.O. should be in a Hall of Fame, he's still stuck to his guns. Okay. Um, I'm going to read a piece of this response. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, it, but just go to T.O.'s Facebook page, and there's a link. you got to go down a few posts, but there's a link to his blog where he responds. I'm sure it'll be – I'm sure they will They will talk about this. I'm actually interested to hear the response tomorrow on, uh, on, on, on the show. But um, everyone knows that I'm a God-fearing man. This definitely goes along the lines of how I was raised. Football was never a dream of mine. Whatever God's plans are for me are going to happen with or without Skip Bayless's opinion. For me, whether I get into the Hall of Fame or I don't, it doesn't bother me. I'm addressing the issue because he doesn't have a valid point. Because, number one, my stats alone speak for myself. So for him to attack my character as a reason as to why I won't get into the Hall of Fame is idiotic. I've never had issues with the law. Let's think about some of the guys who got into the Hall of Fame that have had character issues. A guy like Chris Carter has never won a Super Bowl ring, but he had some issues throughout his career. The only reason Skip Bayless can bring up anything regarding me is because I have always stood up for myself when nobody else has. I have tried to go on record to defend myself as a whole. There are a number of guys who have come to my aid, but now guys are worried about their jobs because of standing up for me. My celebrations were never distasteful. They never undermined the game. These old school guys didn't like what I did because I had a lot of passion for how I played the game. But let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom has been seen yelling at his players on the sideline just like me, but because I am viewed in a different light, it's an issue. I'm a bad guy. The debate on ESPN basically discredited him as an analyst because it holds no merit. The only reason why I'm addressing this is so people are blowing up my phone, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's more you guys can read if you want. I'm not reading the whole thing. Um, uh, I, I'm going to go to K-Star, who's been known to be a cowboy hater. And uh, <laughs> I want your thoughts on, number one, does Skip, does Skip have a point? And number two, um, is is T.O. a Hall of Famer? Uh, well, when I think of T.O., I think he's a cowboy, first of all. Let me put that out there. I'll try to claim a future Hall of Famer because that's exactly what he is. He is a 49er, first and foremost, in my eyes. That's where he played the majority of his career. And best years were in Philly. But anyway, um, Charles Owens. Absolutely, Hall of Famer again. I think this is just a thing where, first of all, it's dangerous, and I can't stand it when the media does this, when they try to basically almost uh, put a player in a situation where he has to defend himself for no reason, simply because the guy has an opinion, and they know that as we broadcast, and that 
it, to me, it seems like Skip Bayless, who actually kind of sometimes like, it, it's almost like a campaign, I feel like, to keep them out of the Hall of Fame. So this discussion is framed in such a way um, for it to come up, and I don't like it at all. I think it's it's silly. It's it's stupid. Uh, as far as T.O.'s response goes, I mean, you know, it, what Skip is trying to say is that because T.O. wasn't a team guy, he affected team chemistry, it therefore affected team performance, which I get to a degree, but any passing game was elevated by Terrell Owens, so I don't think he really had that much of an impact as far as on the rest of the team defensively or anything as he's trying to state. His character, you know, while it was definitely strong, it wasn't something that was burning the rest of the team down at least not in my eyes. A lot of the teams that he didn't win with, Terrell Owens, had other deficiencies within that team. And also, he's a guy that played on a damn broken leg in the Super Bowl for the Eagles and had over 100 yards anyway. So don't tell me he's not a team guy. He was a team guy. He, however, was just very different. He, You know, it's possible he has, you know, his some mental type of things. Maybe he has narcissistic personality disorder. I don't know. The way he carried out himself was weird. However, still a Hall of Famer. His stats, his numbers, his impact on the field speaks for itself. And again, my whole problem with it more so than anything else is the fact that I feel like the media is just smearing Troll Owens, and now we have to have this discussion. Just like I hate how this happened with Tom Brady, and it's it's absurd. Okay. Train. Thoughts? Well, just like any other human being, man, uh, Skip can be emotional. So we just don't call him emotional because he doesn't really have any, uh, any 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 validity to his points of why a receiver of Terrell Owens' caliber should not make the Hall of Fame. Now, it may take a long time for him to get in there because that's what happens with wide receivers, but the numbers speak for himself. Um yeah, it, it, and, and especially when you got a player like Brian Dawkins supporting him, why would you even, why would you even refute that? Why would you even keep voicing your own own opinion that he shouldn't go? So we, we're just gonna say Skip Bayless is emotional. He's emotional? emotional. Yeah, he's emotional, but he doesn't have. Not on that. Hey. Yeah, he's more an emotional. He's a freaking idiot. You know, <laughs> here's my problem with it is, unfortunately, he is on one of the largest platforms in sports. Millions of people watch this show. People do get influenced by the stuff that comes off of the show, which is one of the reasons why I make a point of watching it. One of the reasons why we refer to it, because it it, it, it they do influence things that go on in the sports world. We've seen it time and time again. And, um, you know, I think K-Star has a valid point that this could become a personal vendetta of Skip Bayless's to keep T.O. out of the Hall of Fame and could be successful. And it is the most ridiculous thing I may have ever heard in reference to credentials to get in the Hall of Fame. This dude, I mean, let's just put it this way. Jerry Rice, to me, is head and shoulders number one. That's not even this discussion. After Jerry Rice, the jury is out. It could be T.O. It could be Randy Moss. It could, you know, there's a few guys in that discussion after Jerry Rice. But you, but you have to put T.O. in that conversation. You, you just have to. And to think that a sports writer who sits on a debate 
show could do this time and time again. His opinion. Mind you, he didn't play on these teams. He's not a former player. He covered these teams as an analyst, as a sports writer. And his opinion is that T.O. would never get into the Hall of Fame simply because of his perception of the divisiveness that he is saying T.O. brought to these teams. So, and guess what? How do, how do players get into the Hall of Fame? The voting of what? Sports writers. Sports writers are the ones that vote and get them into the NFL Hall of Fame. So I've got a problem now. Uh, um, a year out, he's already starting to bring down T.O. And if he keeps this up, it's going to have an impact. And there's, I mean, if T.O. doesn't get in, first ballot, the whole thing's a sham. The whole, the whole thing's a sham. I didn't watch the Hall of Fame because I, I'm so mad that it took Charles Haley so long to get in. What? The only guy in the NFL, the only player in the NFL with five Super Bowl rings, and he's a starter on all five of those teams? We're not talking the ball boy. We're not talking, coming, you know, uh, uh, the water guy or, or the kicker. Or, we're talking a starting defensive end, sack machine, instrumental in bringing two major Historic franchises, a total of five Super Bowl rings, and because he ruffled some feathers in the locker room and wasn't uh, user-friendly to the media, how many years? Ten years before he gets into the Hall of Fame? It's, re- it's ridiculous. It is idiotic. They, this, they need to rethink how someone gets put into the Hall of Fame. And someone like a Charles Haley, someone like a Terrell Owens, it shouldn't. It shouldn't even be a discussion. It should be automatic. You're in. There's no vote. We don't need to vote. It's it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Now, T.O. said he didn't care. I, I I actually sent him a message. I don't know if he got it. I don't know if he read it. I don't know. I told him he shouldn't say that. He should care. This is the pinnacle of your career. You know, if you read on to his his blog, he talks about um, how he could still play in the NFL today. Well, he was a physical phenom. He probably could. It ain't going to happen. You know, I'm sorry. Your, your playing days are over. So that's done. You, you, you know, you, um, you had a chance to go to Seattle. You dropped a touchdown pass. That was the end of your career. It was over. So sorry. Loved you as a player. Would love to see you back. You're 40 years old now. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. Um, but. So you're not going to come play again, which means you're not going to win a Super Bowl. So the only thing you have left to accomplish really in this game is go to Hall of Fame. That would vindicate your career. That would prove that all of the stuff that you did. Because on the field, maybe we can talk about locker room. and There might be some things. But on the field, no one could say this guy was a problem. This guy played the game at the highest level. Not even Randy Moss can say that he played consistently at the same level. This is a guy who admitted quitting on the Raiders when he was with the Raiders. He admitted that he wasn't playing so hard, that you can never say that about Owens. But, oh, but T.O., man, you got you to gotta want this. And I'm glad you responded, and you need to respond. You need to go on first take. You need to go on first take. If I was him, I'd go right on first take. I would call the producers up, and I would say I need to. Unfortunately, T.O., is the articulation is not as he, – he, he's missing something there. Um, so I, I'm afraid that he might go there and get his lunch eaten. But if someone can work with him a little bit, he'd go on there and take on Skip Bayless one directly. 
sit down across from him and, and say, okay, I'm here now. So why do you think top five in every major category in the NFL, why do you think I shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? Really? Let's talk about San Francisco. Let's talk about Philly. Let's talk about Dallas. Really? That's what he should do. Probably not going to happen, but that's what he should do. T.O. should be in the Hall of Fame, and if they don't put him in next year, first ballot, the whole thing's, the whole thing's a joke to me. It's a joke. And that's all I got to say, as Forrest Gump would say, and that's all I got to say about that. It, 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 it just, I just, I'm irritated by it. I'm irritated by it. If you want to call in, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. That is how you reach us here at the Madden Voice. Um, catch, go on iTunes. You can catch us there. Just search for the Madden Voice free podcast. We're on Twitter. I'm actually on Twitter right now as we speak. You can catch us on Facebook. Just go facebook.com backslash the Madden voice. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Because Jay Cutler has not thrown an interception at all. <laughs> practice. All right. Let's, um, let's switch gears a little bit. We'll get back to the Cowboys because there is something else I want to talk about. Um, K Star, I, I want to bring you in, and somehow, but but did you have a topic you wanted to discuss as we discussed when we were prepping the show? Uh, not anything in particular. There's nothing that I'm really honed in and focused in on. Um, although I will okay. say real quick, because I'm not sure if you guys are aware, uh, but I guess Geno Smith is out six weeks. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the it's on the Madden page. If you go there and look, you'll see it right there. Geno Smith is out six to ten weeks, broken jaw, sucker punched by a former by a teammate who is now a former teammate. And the latest word is it has to do with a six hundred dollar plane ticket. So some sort of locker room skirmish over a six hundred dollar plane ticket, and the guy sucker punched Geno Smith, and he's out six to ten weeks. Um, so what are you gonna do? Jet, well, like, you know. like Dave, like Dave Chappelle said, this is when keeping it real goes wrong. Six hundred dollars NFL athlete. This is silly. Yeah, it, it, I mean the whole thing is dumb. The whole thing. I mean, it's, it's you know, and then and then you're gonna sucker punch him on top of it. You don't just go seriously. Anyway, we'll see. I'm sure more will come out in the next couple of days, but that's that's what I know. Um, so congratulations on the bus getting into the Hall of Fame. I I will admit that I actually agree with your assessment of Jerome Bettis, and I saw you getting a lot of hate on Jerome Bettis. I don't agree with any of those people that don't know football. I think Jerome Bettis is the is, is the definition of an overachiever, hard worker, and um, one of the black backs you know that ever played in the game. Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, there's no doubt about it. So congratulations to him and to the Steelers. Um, but what Thank I you. do yeah that bothered me. That bothered me. Just that whole that there was any backlash to him getting in. But 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 what I do want to ask you about, you know, you tend to you tend to on Facebook get into these football conversations. You need to bring some of the people onto the Madden Voice. You need to bring them onto the Madden Voice. They're wasting all that good stuff on Facebook. Um, you you are holding firm that Ben Roethlisberger is a top three NFL quarterback right now. Oh yeah. All right, make make your case, and then I want Dr. Train to respond. Well, if you look at the top quarterbacks in the league today, uh, and this is my personal five. Well, I'll keep it to three, my personal three. 
uh, without question, Aaron Rodgers to me is number one. Um, well, uh, you know, you can choose which one you want from there. I, I'll, I'll go with Brady, but I mean, if you're starting a franchise, obviously you want Aaron Rodgers or Brady because of age. Um, but yeah, for me, it goes Rodgers, it goes Brady, and it goes Ben. And you know, for the longest time, you know, the, the knock against Ben um, was that he was a guy he just didn't throw the ball enough. You know, that he relied on the defense. We just didn't see enough from him. And that was always a funny uh, comment, in my opinion, because when you watched him and you, wa- and you did watch the Steelers' defense struggle, Ben had always put up big games. You know, he put a uh, 550-passing-yard game a few years ago against the Packers. He's had uh 90-plus quarterback rating for his career. And he's always been the guy that's always been very clutch and very good. But, yes, he's had a smaller workload than other top prolific quarterbacks that would uh, get in the throwing that discussion perennially. Ben Roethlisberger is playing the best of his career right now. He's legitimately playing the best ball of his career. Um, so if you want to look at him today, absolutely he's top three. If you want to look at it from a resume standpoint as well as how he's playing today, his resume is pretty awesome. You know, three Super Bowl appearances, two wins, youngest uh, to do it, uh, 65% quarterback win percentage as starter. Um and, you know, last year, led the league in passing yards and his team to a division title under an awful, awful defense. So, for me, he answered that question, whether or not he could handle the workload when the Steelers' defense would ultimately fall out and bottom out, as such as they did last year. And I just don't understand how anyone cannot give him that due for him to be uh, top three, top five quarterbacks, specifically top three in this day and age. Because, again, his career is ascending. He is getting better. It's not going the other way like some of the others who I'm sure will, will be brought up. All right, Dr. Train, what do you think? Does he make a valid point? <laughs> he said top five. I, I wouldn't even argue with him. So I won't I won't put him in his top three. Um, you know, I still consider uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning uh, to be – uh, the three best quarterbacks in the game in the game today. So that's just that's just my opinion. Sorry, Big Ben hasn't played at that level consistently enough for me. Those three have though. You know, and and I think the problem is the tr- the question is changing. It's evolving. I wasn't looking at career. You know, I looked at last season because you know career wise. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, he's done. He's you know, he's done some good things in his career. There's no doubt about it. But to say that he would be top three career-wise right now would mean, you know, we, you know, someone, someone, uh, uh, two of the four horsemen are getting left out. Um, I could almost see Breeze being bumped out of there for Ben. Almost. That would be the one person that I might say, okay, maybe. Um, but Peyton Manning's career, you know, even Aaron Rodgers at this point, and of course Tom Brady, you know, nothing to be said. But if we just so, so career maybe, but if we're talking going into the 2015 2016 season, that's what we're talking, and we're talking coming off of last season, who was the best quarterbacks, um, you know. There were there were three quarterbacks talked about last year 
for potential MVP. And Ben wasn't one of those three. You know, period. He, he just wasn't. He was not discussed. He was not. It was on anybody's lips except K-Star. Those three are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and yes, Tony Romo. Tony fact, Romo. Tony Romo was a finalist for the NFL MVP. Right? Came down to him and Brady. Right? He lost. Um, so I, I I can't see it there. Even though Ben had a good year and won a division, and you know, no doubt about it. The problem I have with Ben is as high as Ben could have. You know, 500-yard passing games and six touchdowns, he can also stink it up. And we saw that. We saw both ends of that. So it's hard when you, when you have that diversity of performance in one season to then come in and say, well, he's top three. And then again, like I said, I mean, I, I firmly think that Train hit it on the head with the four horsemen. You know, they, these guys, those guys – do it over and over and over again. And so who do you bump out? And in this case, you got to bump two of them out. All right, Breeze had an off year. Still had a phenomenal year, but he had an off year last year. Let's bump Breeze out. Um, who, 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 who now do you bump out? You know, so we're saying Brady's one, Rodgers is two, right? That's, that's the general consensus, although last year Romo was right up in that mix. But let's just go with the general consensus. Brady won, Rodgers two. So where you putting Peyton Manning and where you putting Tony Romo based off of last year, based off of last year. So that's where I, I think that, you know, that, that Kool-Aid that K-Star is drinking. Um, As always. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, there's no, there's no, there's no Kool-Aid because here's the thing. I'm like, I like how you're framing this discussion. You're bringing up MVP. That is not an individual player award, first of all. Second of all, uh, most valuable class. player. Most valuable not player. Is not an individual player award. It's not necessarily an individual award. It is contingent on how the team is doing, also around that player. It is. Well, we can say every stat that a player receives is contingent on what the other I'm players do. Stop, if stop. Antonio Brown doesn't have the ability to run after the catch, then Big Ben looks like Jake Cutler. Is that what you just said? Yeah, that's what that I just said. Because I, well, I need you to. Well, then you, you are exposing actually, yourself to the nation right I now. Need you, so I need you. Because I need you. Right now, you say that the MVP is not a individual award. He's the most valuable player on the team. On the well, he's the most valuable player in the league. On the on the team in the league. But here's the thing: there's an offensive player of the year, and there's MVP. There are two different things. So to sit here, and first of all, Tony Romo did not have a better season than Ben Roethlisberger last year. We need to put that to bed. Tony Romo. Had a terrific season last year, you know. But he was his the, the the way the Cowboys played last year. They relied on Tony Romo less. They kept his passing numbers totals low. They brought him up to speed. I mean, he had what thirty five hundred passing yards. He was absolutely a monster in efficiency. However, the workload that was required as far as how much the team relied on him, Ben's was much higher. And Ben last year finished the NFL fourth in total QBR. Uh, he led the league in passing. He had, and you guys talk about how he had some dog games. Well, it's pretty amazing that this man led the league in passing and still had less than 10 interceptions in the season. So I'm not sure where that narrative is coming from either. Um, and the fact of the matter is, and the Antonio Brown thing, that I mean, Antonio Brown's a terrific player, but let's be honest, most of a prolific passing offenses happen to have a receiver who happens to be the beneficiary. Antonio Brown's a an amazing player. Of course, he helps Ben. 
just as Ben helps Antonio Brown by extending the play, uh, arguably better than anyone else in the NFL, and also hides a lot of offensive line deficiencies. I mean, the thing is, Ben's been very, very good for a long time. He's finally getting that workload requirement and proving that he can handle it. That's the only thing that's changed. You know, the Steelers' offensive line has been awful for years up until last season. He was a guy that's been having to extend the play, not by play design, but because lack of trust in the offensive line, and the fact of the matter is, they got through and got to him. So the weapons are there. He played. He had a terrific season. Um, and again, when K- you look K- at these, these, these ranks. You run out of it. You just K-Star. run out of it now. K-Star, listen. Um, let's, let's put one thing to bed because I'm sick of hearing this. Um, Tony Romo threw for almost 70% of his passes last year. 69.9%. Why? He had because he's a great quarterback. That's why That's not he still has to why. execute. Wait a minute. You you your argument that they ran the ball more and that means that Tony Romo's uh performance was less valuable because they ran the ball more is ludicrous. That's just ridiculous. So so Troy Aikman wasn't a great quarterback back in the days of Emmett Smith? Someone still has to orchestrate and lead the offense. Someone still has to read the defense, audible at the line, and get the ball to the wide receivers. And he did it just a hair under 70% of the time last year. That's incredible. Quarterback rating, NFL rating, not QBR, highest in the NFL last year. And you diminish it because he threw the ball less because we had a guy that ran for 1,800 yards. So, yes, that was the plan. Jason Garrett, who comes from the 90s Cowboys, saw what happened with Emmitt Smith, a great offensive line, and an accurate as hell quarterback, Troy Aikman, and said, I want to build the same system. So it is the system that the Cowboys run. But you can't just stick any quarterback back there and think that they're going to do those kind of numbers. It's not going to happen. Tony Romo played out no of his mind. That. No one said that, that that would be the case at all. I'm not You're saying diminishing that. his performance because Murray had a better year because of the offensive line. Tony still has to run that offense, and he did it. He has matured at 34 years old or whatever the heck he is to now understand about running that offense and that that you don't have to take the risk and put everything on your back, that you got a team work the team, use the team, he has matured. So some of those fourth quarter plays that he's been known to make, he's not making anymore. Some of those bad decisions he's not doing anymore. Thus, a higher, a much more efficient quarterback. And yes, it doesn't hurt to have a running back that runs for 1,800 yards. Sure it doesn't. But, you know, you, got, you had a running back back there that did pretty well for himself too. Right? Because, because in your in your mind, you've already posted Bell's the best running back in the NFL. You just came out and posted. So does that mean that Ben's performance is diluted now because he's got Bell? No, we're talking about workload here. Let, again, workload. Look at this. Workload is game time situational, and you need to understand. I know you understand that based on it is based on game time, dude. It's based on what the defense gives you. And if the defense does not want to, or if defense wants to stack the box and not let Le'Veon Bell run the ball, then Big Ben needs to be able to pass the ball. We're not saying he's not a good quarterback, but for you to just pump him up more than what he is is just ridiculous. I'm just not pumping him more than he is. Oh, this is a new consensus. This is a new one. Oh, no, 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 no. 
This Work is the new world. Because the game time situation decided that he should throw the ball instead of hand it off to Le'Veon Bell. I thought you watched your games. Well, maybe you don't. I watch my games. I watch my games better than anyone else watches games. Because here's the thing. You talk about – and I'm bringing up workload with Ben. I'm comparing Ben to Tony Romo specifically. We're, we're splitting hairs here, first of all. Let's put that out there because both had terrific seasons. I don't think anyone would argue against that. All what I'm simply pointing out is – I'll put it like this. Ben Roethlisberger had 408 attempts last, or completions last year. Tony Romo had 427 attempts. I'm just saying that if you – we talk about the 70% completion percentage – yeah, it's high as it should be because the the safety they're dropping down the box. Tony's having smaller or I'm sorry, bigger windows to throw and make completions, and he's doing a terrific job. The Cowboys were smart in in scaling that back and coming up with a new scheme because what they have been doing the previous few years hasn't been working for them. So, what I'm simply saying is, with with Ben, we are constructing the offense around him, and that is what we saw last year. And the Steelers were ultimately very very successful. <laughs> And they had a top three offense last year because of it. Man, what you You're doing is laughable. Because well, it is very laughable. The fact of the matter is your offensive line is not as good as the Cowboys' offensive line. So, naturally, the offense that. is going to be different. It's going to be tailored differently. But you have a very, very, very good running back. And teams know that. So, they're going to prepare for him. What happened when that running back was gone? What the hell was that great, great quarterback being at that then? Oh, Crickets. That's what I thought. Not not crickets. He had three hundred seventy five so, yards. So the more the you thing. talk, the more you talk, the more you make T's point. The more you make my point. I don't. I disagree. Good with that quarterback, because, again, not top three, and and stop trying to push him up sir. there like he's did something it's not just greater. It's not just I already it's got you, my me. three man. I don't. He's not eclipsing those three for me. Like 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 I, I agree with T as far as like maybe Drew Brees, but no, he's not eclipsing the other three. No, and not off no one season of him throwing the ball what? more than he did before. Cause probably because he had to. Probably because the game of dictated that he, he needed to throw the to. ball more. No, but that it's, doesn't it's, mean that. Oh, that, that 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 the season that at the very beginning of the season we already knew what his workload was going to be. You don't know till the season's over with. Right, which is all so, retrofit so, so analysis for back at last year. Because he had a bigger workload, he's a he's a better quarterback. He, I'm saying he had the better season Man. last year because he had a higher degree of difficulty to execute on the game-to-game level because he was relied upon more. I don't know how that is a very tough concept to swallow. He had a right. higher degree of difficulty. Now, how do you measure the, his higher degree of difficulty? It's football, man. Yeah, I mean, there's another team on the other side that's trying to stop you regardless of who you are. So how is his degree of difficulty higher than anyone else's? Also, well, I'm glad you brought that up. The AFC North had three playoff teams last year. Three. What does that have to do with anything? It has to do with the fact that I'm the Steelers to, week in, we're, I'm trying week to out, out. we're playing against tough teams. Tough you're playing against yeah, division play rivals. You're you right. And division three, rivals and the AFC North is arguably you, you the best division play, in the AFC. You do realize that you play 12 of your games in the AFC, right? What's your point? I'm saying that the they play one of the best divisions in the league. The point, is you can only, the point is you can only play your schedule – so a true test of what a team you is, you 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 would need to play really right. play like every team to really truly right. test how 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 good of a right. team you are. You so about degree of you can only All play your your schedule, bro. I don't, I don't understand how his degree of difficulty was just so much more. 
Because in order for more, three teams in your division to go, they probably beat beat up some beat some of the same teams that maybe sucked in the AFC. Did you, did, yeah. did you did you ever think that the reason that he had to pass the ball so much was because things weren't working as planned, and so most teams that's how they get themselves out of trouble. That's not a sign of this is the plan. What? This, is, this but, has been the plan this year. No, but yes, last year, last couple of years, the Steelers have been passing the ball quite a bit, and it's, a, it's partially because of our defense. You, but it's also because we have. One of the best Here's receivers the in the league. You, you've got one of the best receivers in the league. There's no doubt about it. You've got one of the best running backs in the league. No doubt about it. Dallas has one of the best receivers in the league and one of the best, at last year, one of the best running backs in the league. Um, two teams running their game plans. Dallas's game plan is based off the 90 success of that team run heavy. Pittsburgh's game plan, finally Haley woke up and allowed Ben, took the leashes off Ben and allowed him to pass heavy, okay? Two separate game plans. That doesn't mean that Ben had a better season. They both have to execute the game plan. And when you look at Romo's stats for last season, volume doesn't always equate to greatness. Efficiency, you know, he had the best fourth quarter QBR in the NFL over everybody, Okay, I mean there there are reasons why he was the hall uh, not hall of fame misspoke uh, MVP candidate. There was a reason for that for last year. It, it, you know, the team was did go twelve and four. Team should have beat Green Bay. Frankly, that I'm gonna get into that. So I I just I can respect Ben's performance until you say he had a better year because he because he threw more. That means he had a better well, year because he. More. This is what I'm saying. He actually protected the ball better too, in in much lot in much larger sample size. I mean, Tony Romo had nine interceptions. He had interceptions at 2.1 percent of his passes. Ben had a 1.8. Yeah, I'm saying whenever they were splitting hairs, but <laughs> you are so stretching right now is ridiculous. Man. How am I stretching? He had stop, over. Stop. Listen, if you don't understand statistics, then it is what it is. It's not about understand. It's not about understanding statistics. One team was a better run team. Okay, so if you run the ball better, you're gonna pass the ball less. You know the guy Aaron Rodgers. So how do you have a running back over there? Everything went through his hand because they didn't have a because they didn't have a running back, and he passed the ball a lot and still had less interceptions and had way less interceptions than anybody else because he was the only offense they had. How? I mean, you. How much you really are reaching? Both had the same amount of interceptions, and one was a run-heavy team, where the other was a pass-heavy team. That yeah, but that, that's that's fine that Ben had to throw the ball more because that's their plan. So that's fine. But what I'm trying to – He protected to, the ball better. Okay, fine. He got one stat. He threw he threw more passes with the same amount of interceptions. And more yards. <laughs> yeah, because he had to and throw more. And more touchdowns. Okay, because he had to throw more. Fine. Romo threw for 70% of his passes, had a higher quarterback rating and a higher QBR than Ben. So and they won one more game than the Steelers, twelve and four versus eleven and five. So you know we can we can do the tit for tat, but you're making my point. You're you're acting like it's just clear cut. Ben had a better year. No, it's not. And on top of it all, on top of it all, Roma was a Hall of. Uh, sorry, I keep saying Hall of Fame. Roma was an MVP candidate and Ben was not. So that means if you don't want to believe me or train, then. The general sporting 
voting public for the MVP didn't think Ben Beer was MVP worthy. The media, yes. Yeah. No, it's not this. And we know how awesome they've been lately. Well, okay, so so because 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 they didn't give Ben credit, now they they. No, I'm simply saying that just because they won the NFC discussion over someone else, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a better year. I just disagree with. Well, that. because it's your quarterback. That's why. Oh, well, yeah. it's your quarterback too. Any other so, quarterback, I mean, you wouldn't have that argument. It's because he's your quarterback. That's why you don't agree. Because he's because he's still his quarterback. All right, let's bring on the other co-hosts. Uh, I know I've, I've had Finally, them for, I've had them for about for about ten minutes, so let's bring on uh, this this guy right now lives in Atlanta and uh, been on the show. I want to say this would be his third season. Um, fellow cowboy fan, train calls him the voice of reason. I call him my younger brother, JB. Welcome to the Madden. Vo- Ooh, excuse me. Welcome to the Madden voice, and you know what? You get some of this too. You get a little bit of. This. And you know what? You're going to get this one, too. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Okay, that's all you get. If you you don't know, you better ask somebody. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I've been listening for about 10 minutes, and I must say, everyone on here is in mid-season form. Welcome back. Um, it's been a while. It, 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 it has. It, it's been a minute. What's going on, Lil' Big Brother J? <laughs> what's happening? What's happening, Train? What's happening, K-Star? Big Brother T, what's going on? Welcome to the show, man. Hey, jump right in this last topic. It's got us all. It's got, you know, it's it's the classic K-Star um, when we're talking about the Steelers. He loses objectivity. And, um, you know, and so... You know, you've heard it. You've listened to us for about ten minutes. You have anything to add? Well, I'm I'm going to take a page out of John Randall. Or, um, uh, yeah, John Randall, uh, the, the running back for the Cowboys, when he told Demarco left a little bit of meat on that bone. Yes. There's still some meat left on this bone here. Um, K-Star, there's there's one thing that I don't think you realize, and, and I hadn't heard it during this discussion, but the numbers for the most part, with the exception of a few categories, but for the most part. 2014 Roethlisberger is 2012 Romo. And what I mean by that is you look at the completions, you look at the attempts, you look at the percentage, you look at the yardage, they're both the same. So you can't say, and I agree with T's point earlier, volume doesn't equal greatness. And and it is true. It is about efficiency. It's about play calling. And, And let me also say that it's been the Cowboys' DNA to want to run the ball, unfortunately, they've never been able to do that in recent years up until last year because the defense was letting them down. So Romo had to put the whole offense on his back to try and bring them out of the hole, and sometimes he won, sometimes he didn't. Last year, Rossberger, to a certain extent, had to do the same thing. Now, he didn't have as many turnovers in 2014 as Romo did, but because of the lack of defense, you're forced to have to throw the ball more. You're forced to have to take chances. You're forced to gamble. So did he throw for 400 yards three straight uh, weeks in a row? Yeah, I believe he did. That's great. But you don't have a season over three weeks. You have a season over 17 weeks. That's what makes you the the great player that you are, the mediocre player that you are, somewhere in between. 
You can't say 700 attempts or 600 attempts and he's got 408 completions. That's all well and good, but it's why you had to have all those attempts, why you had to have those completions. That's what it boils down to. And I'll tell you right now, the DNA of the Cowboys is to run the ball. The DNA of the Steelers used to be run the ball. Now they want to be more pass-happy than run-happy. So you have two different philosophies from two different teams, even though they both have weapons at each of those key categories that we talked about, quarterback, running back, and receiver. They're all loaded on both sides. But the Cowboys want to run the ball first. Steelers want to pass the ball first. So you're going to have more passing on the Steelers' side than the Cowboys. It's just that's the mindset that they have now. Yeah, and I don't know that the Steelers uh, want to pass the ball They do, first. strength. They do. Le'Veon Bell is the best receiving back in the league. And Antonio Brown is one of the best receivers. And they had talked about wanting to put the ball in Ben's hands more and trust in Ben. See, the thing is, the Steelers up until last year haven't been making the playoffs. Mm. And, you know, we went through a little drought, a mini drought. And the whole talk going into last season was opening the offense up more, giving Ben more responsibility. I mean, hell, he talked about it earlier. Haley put, put the offense on Ben and said, go play with it. You know, like, do your thing, do your audibles, make it yours. And he did. And the difference between 2012 Ben and 2014, here's the big one, is that Ben got his team to the playoffs anyway. And I'm not saying volume, volume, volume only. I'm saying Ben had volume and efficiency. And his season last year was amazing. I mean, he had 106 rating. Romos was as well. Again, splitting hairs. But, you know, who was the better player? And do you feel like Romo was the better player? Because that was the original discussion. You know, oh. is Ben is top three, top five, whatever, top three. Last year? And, yeah. Last year? Uh, we're, talking about, we're talking about going into the season. And and yes. first of all, there, and there's people who still disagree with you, T, that last season was a better season for Romo than it was for Ben. Well, so, I, mean, and, I mean, and 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 let me remind you, let me remind you that Romo came off of back surgery, and the first week um, was just dreadful because it was just really the first meaningful football he had ever that he had played since having back surgery. So I mean. You know, and 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 and, be, and and that being said, he still put together an incredible year. Um, so honestly, yes, I think right now, right now, I, I'll be honest with you. If I, if you said to me, who's the best? Who do you think is going to play the best going into this year? I'd say if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I'd say Aaron Rodgers number one. If he's healthy, which he should be healthy. And for my money, and this is this is not pro cowboy. This is just looking at knowing Romo and knowing where he's come from, and what he's learned, and what he did with what he learned on the field last year. I think Romo is going to have another phenomenal year. I don't think you're going to you're going to see that. Murph. I'm not saying Ben won't have a great year, but if you're asking me who's the better player going into this year. Right now, I'm going to say Romo. I'm going to say the only quarterback I would put ahead of Romo in the NFL right now, going into this year. I wouldn't even put Brady ahead of him. Well, we know Brady's – we're going to talk about that in a minute. We know he's uh, up for a four-game suspension. But I wouldn't even put Brady ahead of him, to be frank with you. Uh, Rodgers, yeah. Rodgers is just – Rodgers is just – So so Romo's now better than than Brady? No, that's not – that's a seat. You don't don't get to come on the show. And twist my words. What you said was, who would be the better player going into this year? And I said, for my money, Rodgers, to me, is going to be the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And I think Romo 
will be second behind Rodgers, which isn't a stretch because we're talking MVP voting last year, right? Did I say Brady? Wasn't it? Who won the MVP? Was it Rodgers or Brady? It was Rodgers, right? Yeah, I kept saying Brady. Mm-hmm. Although, and Brady, Brady was in well, <laughs> but but individually speaking, Rodgers won, Romo was second. And I think going into this year, that's how I rate them. And then I'd put Brady in there. And then, then you know, maybe Ben, maybe maybe Peyton. I haven't really followed Peyton too much. I'm not sure where he's at. Um, you know, you know these guys are getting older now. So you know, Peyton's 39, Brady's 38, you know, so we got to see. Um, but I, Ben is in the discussion. But, man, I, I just think you really don't give Romo the credit that he deserves for the season he had last year. Dude was insane uh, last year. He was awesome last year. I give him credit. I just don't think he's the better player. And the one thing that Romo does have against him is he does have a bad back. And I don't think the Cowboys – I want to put a prediction out there. I don't think the Cowboys this year will be nearly as efficient on offense because they don't have a set running back. You know, I think – Personally, the DeMarco Mur- or Murray loss of departure was a big one. I think the Cowboys kind of undersold Murray's importance. They were going to have to see, in my in my opinion, more passing from the Cowboys because they don't have that dominant back, at least we don't think that they do. And, you know, it's going to expose Roman to more hits, and we'll see if he's able to um, follow up last year with another great season. But I think more is going to be asked of, uh, of him this year than certainly last year. It's rare when a team goes – um, you know, back-to-back and able to control the games they did uh, by running the ball. And when you're losing to Marco Murray. Um, well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me take this minute to, to take and do my topic um, based on what you just said, because I can re- I can respond to your topic and then get into quickly what I wanted to discuss. But, um, you know, Murray had an incredible season and um, set the single-season rushing record for the Cowboys, 1845. Um, played all 16 games. Even when he uh, hurt his hand, he kept playing. Um, was reliable, was dependable, was, you know, he was everything you want from a running back. Um, blocked, caught passes, ran the ball extremely well. He was incredible. And, you know, it, for my money, was the best back in the NFL last year, for my money and how he played. And I don't want to hear all this talk about the offensive line. Someone's still got to run through them holes. Someone's still got to be able to see those holes and make those cuts. And, um, you know, he was he was just an incredible performer last year. But here's my problem with all of this. Um, and it was Bill Parcells who said it best. Put away the anointing oils. It was one year. The first year he's played 16 games since joining the Cowboys, number one. Number two, because he did it last year, there's no guarantee he was going to turn around and do it again this year. There was no guarantee. He, he, you know, we could say that with an Adrian Peterson, right? Because he's got repeated years of doing that. But we don't know that Murray would have done that this year, even with that incredible offensive line. We just don't know. We can all everything is conjecture and assumptions. If Murray had played three, four years and been doing this, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred, and then bam, eighteen hundred, I'd have no argument. But first of all, he couldn't stay healthy. Second of all. And I'll quote JB, Joseph Randall did say it. There was some meat on that bone. There was some plays. I mean, the guy should have had 2,000 yards. Because there's some plays I'm watching. I'm saying, what are you doing? You know, he left yards on the field. And that's a fact. You can go back and look at the season. He left yards on the field. Dallas couldn't afford him. He had to go. But the Eagles got him. But he ain't the only one back there. They got Ryan Williams back there, too. 
So you think they might know something? So let's just wait and see before anybody thinks that this that this guy is going to turn around and go to Philly and run for 1,700 yards. Let's see what he does. But he's gone now. It's over. And now the Cowboys had a choice. We can put the money in Murray or we can put the money in Dez. I don't think there's a person walking the planet that knows football that would have said, keep Murray and let Dez go. I don't think there's a person that knows football that would have said that. There just wasn't enough money to pay them both. That's the bottom line. They made Murray a respectable offer, and if he really wanted to you know, come and win a Super Bowl, he would have taken that offer. But he said, I'm going to Philly. He took the money. Do I blame him? Absolutely not. He took the money. Good for you. But he's gone. Yeah, and so now we've got the Cowboys coming back without Murray. So now the question is the run game. And honestly, I don't know how the run game's going to be. They went out and got um, McFadden, who, you know, when he stays healthy, is a home run hitter. Problem is he doesn't stay healthy. He's out already, got a hamstring injury. Again, they've got Randall from last year. Well, he just tweaked something. He's got a some type of strain or something. Um, Dunbar, he's got a little injury, something going on. So who knows? Chris Johnson is out on the street right now. Steven Jackson is out on the street right now. Ray Rice is out on the street right now. Those are three guys that have done have had productive seasons. Could the Cowboys pull one of those, you know, in rookie or uh, veteran minimum? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. All I will say is um, they did what they needed to do to make this team as competitive as it can be going into this year. The defense looks much stronger than it did last year. Brandon Carr broke his hand, but they're thinking he'll be back early in the season. So, um, fortunately, it happened later, you know, early enough in training camp where they, you know, I think he may miss a game or two, but he should be back. Um, but Sean Lee is back. They got, you know, Greg Hardy suspensions four games. You know, um, you know, they got Byron Jones, who's shown to be everything a first-round pick should be in practice. Uh, they still got Skandrick. They've got, you know, uh, a couple other players they got in the draft that should have been first-round picks. Their names escape me off the top of my head, but you guys know who they are. Um, the team is going to be stacked. And, if it, 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 you know, will, will the team miss Murray? Yes. Does it mean the team will be, won't be as successful? I, I, I honestly don't think that is the case. I think that they're going to solidify a running back, and there's going to be somebody back there behind that massive league's best offensive line. And you don't need 1,800 yards to go to the Super Bowl. You don't. <laughs> you know, you get it back there that can, that can do 80, 80 yards a game, 85 yards a game, hold on to the ball, be productive, pop in a couple hundred yard games in there. Cowboys are going to be competitive, and they're going to go deep in the playoffs again because all the other pieces are there. They don't need that. That was a luxury. Teams don't go into the season – planning that they're going to have a back that averages over 100 yards a game. You, you, don't, you know that's not going to happen. So that was a luxury. They will be ready. But for anyone to think that the Cowboys are going to disintegrate without Murray, you know, the Eagles didn't put all their eggs in one basket when they, when they um, signed him because I think they knew that this guy over his career is questionable. Over the one season, phenomenal. But over his career, you know, first year he played seven games. Second year he played 10. Third year he played 14. And it was the first time he even cracked 100 yards. I mean, a 1,000-yard season. Then last year he went all world on us. Let's see what happens. But you know what? I ain't worried about it. 
because I I like what this team is doing. I, I like very much what this team is doing. And and if Romo is needed to throw more passes, he has matured to the point where it will not be the Romo that that came in some games in the past. This Romo is more mature, smarter. We've got Des, we've got Terrence Williams, we signed Cole Beasley to a seven-year contract. He ain't going anywhere. Still got Jason Witten. Got a great offensive line. He's going to get time back there to 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 do his reads. Team's going to be fine. Team's going to be fine. There's never been a situation where one person wins the Super Bowl. It's a team that's going to win the Super Bowl. This team's going to be fine. That's all I got to say about that. I think you guys will be good. I'm not saying you guys will be good. I'm simply saying that. I think we're going to have to see more from Romo from a, or the team's going to ask more from Romo because of, you know, losing to Marco and uh, the, the situation with the backs. The team might have, the team might have needed more from Romo with Demarco because there's no guarantee that Demarco's going to make 16 games based on his career, and there sure is no guarantee he's going to come back and do another 1,800 yards. That's just not that. That was a. I think it was a, an anomaly. I don't think that that's what we're going to see from Murray. He's not going to be an all-time great running back. That's not going to happen. He's not. not he's going to be good, he's gonna be good he's but he's not, not going to be, be Peterson. He's not going to be someone that we know right now, Peterson at 30 years old, could make it 1,500 yards on a crappy Minnesota team, and he might get 1,500 yards. That's not going to be Murray. He got 2,000 on a crappy Minnesota team. Right. <laughs> And that's that's the ACL without, without a quarterback at the time. Too. I, I will say, um, um, really, the, the question there, there's 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 just exists a question mark on how good the running game will be. Um, there's no doubt that all the other pieces are still in place. So it's just a matter, of, okay, how well will the offense run um, with a different person running the ball? And to be honest, you just have to wait. And see, um, I think the best person to grab would be Ray Rice. I think he's real ideal for that for that particular situation. Plus, Jerry Jones is good at handling people that have had trouble in the streets. No one's going to question what he does with Jerry Jones. So, but um, it's it's just still you just still have to have to wait and see with Dallas. The offensive line is still there. It, it's all a wait and see. And they're still going, but they're still going to be a competitive team. I just don't understand why teams keep picking the Eagles to 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 win to like be better. Uh, I hear analysts speaking about the Eagles. Hey, I would pick the Giants to be to be more of a threat than the Eagles. Because I, uh, I think um, Chip Kelly knows what he's doing. I just that you know the guy knows how to coach. Off, like, the fact of the matter is, he knows how to head coach. We'll see if he knows how to GM, but he knows how to coach. Um, his offenses so far, small sample size, has been very productive. I think they'll score points. Their defense wasn't very good last year. Listen, I, I'm not saying the Eagles will be better. I think that they both will be will be close between the Cowboys and Eagles. You, 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 uh, wait, you your, your opening statement here was he knows how to coach. Yes, what he said. Or he knows how to game plan. Because I got questions well, on whether he knows how to coach. Coaching is there's a, coaching is a larger picture than just X, you know just X's and O's. But what I've seen, and this was one of the topics, um, I, I question his ability to relate to the NFL player. I get the sense that this guy still thinks he's in college over at Oregon. You know, I, I think he's a, it's my way or the highway, but to a level that's just borderline, you know disrespectful to the fact that you're dealing with grown men. These are grown men. 
Exactly. Yeah, that I agree with uh, as far as coach goes, uh, game plan speaking. However, I will say that I feel like Chip Kelly is kind of getting a little miscasted of it as well because you do hear his players uh, speak about how much they do love him. And, of course, you have the ones who have left who feel scorned. So, so I mean, it's just word one. you just used right there. That's what's going on. You know, I mean, you have players who are, who are scorned. And, you know, LaShawn McCoy is exactly the man of, voice of reason. Um, trust me, I know I met the guy. And, you know, it, it, the media can do a lot of different things. And the fact of the matter is the players that are on his team now are pretty – have been very, very supportive of Chip. I mean, maybe it's because they're on his team now, but, you know, former players as well. So, you know, you hear – you got to be things, supportive when you're on the team. That's irrelevant. Right. you got to be Former supportive. players as well. Right, but there's also former players who have come out and said that, you know, they, they little Chip. Um, so we're, we're speculating to a degree as far as, you know, what kind of no, character guy he is. What are we speculating when McCoy comes huh? out, Jackson comes out? McCoy? Mean, all right, well, I didn't meet the guy, but he was a great running back, and now he's playing for another team. Deshaun Jackson, an incredible wide receiver, playing for another team. Jeremy Macklin, another very good wide receiver, playing for another team. Brandon Boykins, good, solid quarterback, yeah. playing for another team, your team. Yep. And he okay. didn't badmouth him. He really didn't. And oh. Brandon Boykins didn't even badmouth him. He actually just spoke that that's how he is. He doesn't want to be buddy-buddy with the player. Just do what he asks you yeah. to do. I don't know I'm if you want to call that. I love my I love my head coach. I think you're stretching when you when you use that statement. I haven't seen that statement in any in any of the uh, things I've read. I love Chip Ke- Chip Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad you brought up Boykin though because of all the people that you mentioned, that's the one that shocked me the most. That's the one that I think that there's more to this story than what really meets the eye. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And I believe in this particular case, there definitely is some smoke and there definitely is some fire. Because with Deshaun Jackson, okay, I can understand folks questioning that. With Shady McCoy, I can understand folks questioning that. But when you have more folks after that, including Boykin, who, if I'm not mistaken, was a late-round pick anyway, played solid, but he's saying the same thing everybody else is, something's up there. And I don't know what it well, is. Well, he's not saying the same thing everyone else is. He you know, did. Player, McCoy called him racist. Boykin never went to that degree. Uh, you sure and he even clarified, I wanted to say that he didn't believe that Chip Kelly was a racist. He said they didn't believe that at all. He just felt like he was a guy as a commodity and he wasn't a player's coach. They didn't really badmouth him, but he didn't speak highly of him. And, you know, and, and rightfully so to a degree, though, too, because ask any Philly fan, ask anyone who watched Brandon Boykin play, the guy can play. He's a really good corner. And for whatever reason, going into the camp, he was the, the number four corner on the depth chart, which made no sense to anyone. I'm sure he did, or maybe, you know, he wasn't a chip guy for a reason, and that's silly. You know, chip got rid of him. I'm sure it was over something, you know, not like for a reason, or maybe he didn't have a huge plan. But at the end of the day, you know, there have been other head coaches who have done the same thing. You know, they're not a team guy. Belichick's cut guys for the same reason. It's just framed differently now because of the racial or the racist allegations against him by LeSean McCoy. Well, just to be clear, I don't believe the term racist came out of his mouth. What he said was he's getting rid of all the good black players. And can you argue that point? I mean, can you dispute that point? Well, it doesn't matter that they're black. It doesn't matter. How, how like, that's the thing. Like, he's also drafted good black players. Like, who cares? 
How, how do you know this, that? The genetic makeup of it. The, um, he drafted Nelson Aguilar, the first round pick this year, was uh, a black receiver. You know, Jordan well, Matthews. of the NFL is black. He's going to have to have a huge deal. Well, yeah, but 70% of the NFL is black, so he's going to have to have that's, black players That's my on the point. Team. That's my point. He's getting, so, yeah, uh, but, he's, but he's getting rid of – but look at the quality of the players that you're seeing go. That's my problem, not just the fact that they're black. These are these are starters. You know, McCoy? So let's talk about that then. That's my point. That, that's my whole issue yeah, but, with it. But you can't, okay, okay. So you can separate the two. I cannot separate the two. I can't look at um, right off the top of my head four starting st- starting players on this team gone. And yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go where Stephen A. went. I don't usually agree with Stephen A. But you know what? Riley Cooper is still on that team. And Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson are both gone. You you you, you know what I mean? Like I mean. I don't, you know, you, 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 we would be not doing our job if we didn't point out the possibility there. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And, and, I think it's it's, it's ridiculous. It's character assassination. It's the same thing that that the media did with Brady when they call him a cheater for the whole deflacate that they don't even know that he did. It's just merely speculation. Okay, but sometimes sometimes speculation turns into reality. Sometimes speculation turns into facts. Sometimes speculation, you end up finding out the truth about people. Okay, what do you think Chip Kelly's going to come out and say? Yeah, you know, I, I, have to, I have to have black players on the team, but there's a certain kind of black player that I don't want on this team, and if they show me that, they're out of here. You think he's ever going to admit that? You think he would come out and say that? Because I really doubt for Chip Kelly to be as successful as he has growing and coaching players for as long as he has, that he – something would have come out much sooner than this, you first of so. all. And second of all, I guarantee – I guarantee you You're naive. that has nothing to do with player being black or not. Oh, that's I, nice listen. That you can guarantee that. I, I want to know where this guarantee is coming from. He just cut Evan Mathis, a Pro Bowl guard, for the same reasons as for, for, for a contra disputes and also because he wasn't a team guy. He was a Pro Bowl guard, white guy, long hair, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can guarantee it because of what? Because you know what's in a man's heart, and you know what makes him tick. Because so you know, you, know that he, you know for a fact what makes Chip Kelly tick, what you're telling me. And you're telling me that there's absolutely Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Brandon Boykin, LaShawn McCoy, and you're telling me that to look at those quality, high-quality players, and then some of these guys come out and say, mm, yeah, mm, hmm, hmm, and you're saying, ah, there's, not, there's nothing to it, because you know for a fact that there's nothing I'm saying, I don't know if there's something to it. I don't know. I'm saying it's a good question to ask, though. Maybe he has to play with black players because 70% of the league is black. Maybe there's a certain kind of black player that he don't like. Maybe there's a certain kind of player he doesn't like. Maybe there's a certain kind of black player that he doesn't like. And for you to say that you know that that's completely – I think they, you're missing – You guys are you're the ones missing, accusing him. Huh? Here's the thing, though. People, you guys are the ones who are accusing him like well, by saying – you know, well, we don't know that he isn't. It's like, okay, but, but, but here's the thing. This man's by himself. 
on defense. Do you not remember, this is the same league that not all that long ago there were no black head coaches and no black starting quarterbacks because they didn't think that the black quarterback, remember Rush Limbaugh and all that? They didn't think that the black quarterback was smart enough. The black quarterback, you know, was, was more of a runner and, not, not, and can't orchestrate the offense. So right. we didn't and have – his starter his first season. What's that? What? Mike Vick was his starter for him since year one. He tried to trade for Marcus Mariota just now. Not He's not hearing, a guy. Not hearing my point. And, yes, he did try to get Mariota. Hmm. But here's my point. This is a league that has clear-cut racism in its history. Black quarterbacks, black head coaches. The Rooney Rule. You're a boy. Why do you think the Rooney Rule is in existence? Let's That's your point. Let's keep it history. We, it's, but it's it's not. But K Star, okay. Let's let's get let's get one. Let's let's understand one thing. Please do not act as if racism does not did not and still does not exist because it does. Let's not let's not be oblivious to that. It 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 really uh, I'm does. Not saying it doesn't exist. I understand. I understand that we're starting to see. Uh, we're starting to see some improvement in coaching in players in certain positions, but it's still there. And quasi Kelp, the black players still doubt it sometimes to play certain positions because people don't think he's smart enough. So it's there, bro. Don't 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 talk like this and don't say it's just history. It's not just history. It's reality. And and K Star, let me just say this. I respect the fact that you don't see racism because it's not in your blood. I know you. I've met you. We've we've hung out together at Madden tournaments. You know, you, you, I consider you a friend. You're a good guy. You're a good person. And I know for a fact that you don't see skin color. I know that about you. Okay, so I I, I and I appreciate that about you. Um, you know, but we've had guys in the Madden League, right? You remember Gold Balls uh, train? Yes, oh my goodness, yes. Okay, who claimed to be, claimed, I, my best friend is black. This guy was the most racist person I'd ever seen in the world of Madden, the most racist, and argued argued with me tooth and nail that he wasn't racist as he was saying racist things. It's there is what I'm saying, and and all I'm saying to you is there's no way that you could sit there and tell me that you guarantee that Chip Kelly, there's no racial motivation to his decisions. Maybe there isn't. I'm saying the question is a reasonable question. We may it may not be. He may not have a racist bone in his body either. But you know where I come from, it walks like a duck, uh, or quacks like a duck, looks like a duck. It, it, it might very well be. Might very well be an Oregon. That's that's all I'm saying. And and to to, to swing it back to football more. Um, I, I, you know, I love that the Eagles are going through what they're going through and that all this negative press is on them. I love it. I love it. I, I truly, absolutely love it because I'm not worried about the Eagles right now. Now, I could change my mind later. I'm more worried about the Giants, a healthy New York Giants team right That's now. That's what I'm talking about. That's I, the team I, don't I would look the, out for. I don't even see the Redskins. The Redskins are not on my radar right now. They, they, they're just not. Okay, now that could change too. See what happens through training camp. But RG3 is your starting quarterback. I'm not worried about you. I'm not, um, you know, I had, a, I had a talk with a friend of mine over the weekend and he was saying, yeah, I don't, I, I want, um, he wants cousins. Cause I don't want RG three. I want cousins. I don't want Colt McCoy. I want cousins. I'm like, yeah. I, so, but RG three is where they got all their money. So he's going to be the starter. And let's see what happens. Giants? Yeah. I'm worried about the giants. 
You know, it's Eli Manning's. It, it's it's about that cycle of cycle, right? I think they won what? Oh seven. Then they won mm-hmm. what? Eleven. So now it's two thousand fifteen. Right? It's time for him to <laughs> come back around and you know try to get that third one because he wants to. He he. You know, yeah. Let my brother get all the stats. Let my brother get all the records. I'm just gonna go win Super Bowls. And um, Percy. And it's and, not gonna be pretty. Right. So I'm worried about the Giants. I ain't worried about the Eagles yet, and I ain't worried about the Redskins. Worried about the Giants. Anyway, um, we turn it over to JB. He hasn't said much, but I know he has a topic that um, be a very interesting one that he would like to discuss. So, JB, the floor is yours. Yeah, I appreciate it. And mine is going to be pretty quick, but I wanted to bring this up because you know, we talk about football, and, and we're really scratching the surface with football season. And this topic is really about more of the off season, uh, as as stated earlier, and it's more about life than it is football. Because as much as we love football, nothing's bigger than life itself. So I say all that to say, my topic is is going to be about Eric Berry, the uh, DB for the Kansas City Chiefs. Great defensive back. I mean, you can't say enough about him. And from what I've heard and read, he seems like a, a, a down to earth genuine human being. But he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma last year in the middle of the season. And normally when you hear that, you cringe because everybody knows that that's something that can take you out. But from everything that I read and I get updates and whatnot, I try to keep up with everything that's going on with all 32 teams. This guy has not only beat it, but he's endured chemotherapy and still managed to maintain his weight. Matter of fact, I think even gained a pound while being on, on this medication. So my brother and I know firsthand what chemotherapy can do to somebody. We've, we've seen it on more than one occasion. So to see this person battle back from having that disease, it seems like he's beat it. He's back in practice now, and I think just this past weekend or, or this week itself, he's starting contact drills. That's phenomenal. And, and I tip my cap to him for perseverance the, the fact that he's about to get on the field is, is monumental because really they could use him. Last year they were ranked dead last in interceptions, and I think they were also ranked 28th against the run. He can play the run as well as he can defend the pass. So that's why I wanted to bring him up because we talk so much about nonsense with this deflate gate stuff and all the uh, domestic violence that we hear, especially last season. I like to hear a feel-good story for once. I like to hear somebody come out on top for once. And it seems like this guy is actually coming out on top. So I tip my cap, I congratulate him, and I hope that he continues to stay healthy. And uh, much love and much luck to him. Okay. Um, You know, sometimes just get really not much to add. I, I will I will only add that um I completely agree. Cancer is just is just one of those things that everyone has a story. You know, I, I you don't you can't meet a person anywhere that doesn't have a story about how cancer has impacted their lives either through their own battle or through a loved one or, or something. Um and it's just such an ugly, horrible disease. Whether regardless of where you get it, it doesn't. It just it's just horrible. And uh, Jay's absolutely right. You know the fact that this guy, cancer survivor, and is coming back and uh, is still going to play football on the highest level is phenomenal. And um, 
you forget, you know, the, the, you know, they, they talk about the guy, the, the, the veteran, the 34-year-old veteran, uh, the long snapper in Seattle, you know, that's trying to make the team. I mean, I, I agree there should be more stories about things like that. I want to hear about that. I want to hear about Eric Berry coming back. You know, I, I, I don't want to. I honestly am sick of talking about Caitlyn Jenner. I am sick of talking about um, Deflate Gate. I am. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I let's let's talk about good stuff that's going on in 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 sports and in football in particular. So I, Jay, I agree with you completely. You couldn't could couldn't couldn't I couldn't have said it better than you. You, you perfect. That's why he's the voice of reason. That's what you call him. I don't know about all that voice of reason stuff, but um, let's touch on Tom Brady's suspension for a minute. Um, K-Star alluded to it earlier. Um, you know, the, the last word for those of you who have lived under a rock in the off season, maybe got away from football. This is the whole deflate gate um, thing. You know, the, the deflated footballs in the Colts game and um, allegedly Tom Brady um, didn't cooperate to the extent that he was asked to. And the commissioner came out and said that based on the lack of cooperation from Brady, it is more likely than not that he knew what was going to independent arbitrator, whoever, whoever Henderson, I think his name was more likely than not that Brady knew what was going on. And um, um, he got suspended for four games and then he appealed it. And surprisingly, they upheld the appeal. And so now Brady is taking it to court, and the word today was the judge is is urging the NFL and Brady to settle. Um, why the judge would be urging that, I have no idea. Um, my my people tell me that Brady is going to fight this because of his reputation, and that the NFL has is, has zero interest in settling, has zero interest in um, cutting it back to four games, uh, less than four. So it's probably going to go to federal court. Now, now here's the reality of it for those of you who don't understand how this works. If this actually goes to court, then they will they will do an injunction that will um, kill the four-game suspension. So Brady will play. If this goes to court, because now the court's saying, okay, it's our case now, so that four-game that you did is no longer valid because now we're going to decide if he should get four games or not. So, therefore, guess what? Brady plays week one. No idea how long this can go on in court. Could be weeks, could be months. Don't know. All this time, Brady's going to be allowed to play. Mark my words. I'm telling you, I, 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 I know how this works. Um, and we don't know how much longer Brady is going to play. 38 years old now, right, I believe. So, who knows? Um, uh, so, we'll see how this plays out. My thoughts on it are very simple. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing a lot of stories. Brady's doing a lot now, now, to try to defend himself that he wasn't doing before. Um, I think he deserves to be suspended. I think there is some justification to the fact that there was a, a lack of cooperation Um there's just too many. There's too many negatives against him, and I'm sorry. Um, you you were getting a new cell phone, and you destroyed your old one to get a new cell phone, and it was right around the time that they were investigating text messages. That's just a coincidence. 
you know, sometimes when it looks wrong, it's because it really is, you know? And yes, he's saying, well, I asked. And he said, listen, dude, if I know I'm being investigated, and one of the things they're investigating is my phone calls, and I firmly believe I did nothing wrong, I'm not going to go destroy my phone. I don't care if they said it was okay. I'm not going to do it. Period. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to sit back on this phone then. And that right there alone to me means there's something more here. He's, he's doing the Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, he's a quarterback. He's doing the Monday morning scampering to come up with a story that makes sense. It doesn't completely make sense to me. It really doesn't. I, I think there's something there. I don't know if he knew about the ball. I don't, I don't know. We don't know. But we know that the commissioner who, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Goodell has the greatest track record here. I'm not saying that at all. But even based on what Tom Brady said, we know that there was a, a not quite cooperation of someone who is completely innocent. So maybe he knew. Now, honestly, I, don't, I think the whole thing is overblown. I think the whole issue is overblown. But if you want to talk about right and wrong, and if the rules say that footballs need to be 12.5 um, pounds per square inch, and you find out those balls weren't quite there, and Brady had something to do with it, well, he broke a rule. And that's what everyone's trying to determine. And apparently in the investigation, Brady could have did a little more to be completely transparent. And he didn't. He wasn't. Even though he's trying to defend it, explain it, justify it, it still appears that he wasn't. So based on that, yeah, get a man four games. You're not bigger than the NFL, bro. You're not. And that's my problem with this. To me, if I'm being investigated and I know I did nothing wrong, fine. What, what do you need? What do you want? Phone? Here you go. Let me know when I can get it back. What else you need? Check my locker? Okay, it's right over here. You know, what, what, I, I didn't do anything wrong. And I don't get the sense based on what everybody's reporting that that was the case. Now, Am I also motivated by the fact that four games means his fourth game is week five because there's a bye week and it's against the Dallas Cowboys? I wouldn't mind seeing him not play that game. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. But I still would feel that way regardless. Just before someone like K-Star pulls that out and tries to demean my argument by saying, you just don't want to play against the Cowboys. You know, hey, if he, play, he comes to play, he comes to play. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, anybody's thoughts on Brady and the suspension? Well, I agree with you, T. I, I agree with the one point that you made, which has been my point all along. I think this whole thing is just overblown. I mean, it's really come out to be a witch hunt. And I think the NFL felt like they were uh, under the assumption that they can do whatever, whenever. And, and, and you're right. Brady's not bigger than the NFL. I, I definitely agree with that. But more to the point that this is just ridiculous. I mean, this has gone on for what now? We're on month number eight because I believe this was back in January, and we're still talking about it. And when we did bring this up back in January, I don't think any of us thought it was going to carry on through all the season, right in the preseason, which would now go into the regular season. I think it's just bogus. It's, it's crap. It should have been taken care of months ago. And bottom line, T, I, I do agree with you. I think he should be suspended because for that very reason, if you didn't do anything wrong, there shouldn't be anything to destroy. If you didn't do anything wrong, you should be saying the same thing from day one that you said on day 100. Shouldn't be any change in the story. Shouldn't be any adjustments in the story. But we're seeing that. We're seeing changes. We're seeing adjustments. We're seeing him do stuff now that he didn't do before, like you said. So I agree with you. Not just because you agree with me on my point, but I'm agreeing with you because I believe that's the truth. 
He should have been more forthcoming from the jump. And that way you wouldn't have to worry about public perception being the way it is right now. Not to mention, New England as a whole has a bit of a cloud over them just from Spygate and now they get this deflate gate. So the whole Patriot organization isn't exactly squeaky clean either. So that plays a part in this also. So, yeah, I agree. Four-game spin should be upheld. I wouldn't necessarily call it witch hunt. I just think you get what you get when you don't. You look guilty. But what it means the guy just looks guilty. Uh-oh. Someone got a truck coming through? No, I don't know. Keep talking. I'm ignoring it. <laughs> okay, but no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just I just think that when you look guilty, this is this is what happens. I mean, everything you said, you from destroying the phone to, I mean, just not acting like you had no idea about the deflation of the balls, like you have no communication with with these guys that are preparing the balls is 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 that's that's just odd. Well, like, why even why even take that road? Admit to something. They were talking about you like you knew things. So there's something that you did, and then we can move on. But it's not going away until the brother missed something. And that's why he has the suspension, because he hadn't admitted to anything. He's guilty of something. Mm-hmm. Okay, Star, any thoughts? Did we lose K-Star? I think he got hit by that bus. I think we did, yep. Okay, we'll see. We do not have K-Star. We'll see if he rejoins us. Um, I, I, Yeah, I think we're, you know, I have a feeling K-Star is going to have a dissenting opinion. So <laughs> so let's see yeah. if, um, yeah, um, yeah, let's see what happens when uh, K-Star comes back on. I'll remind everybody, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. You can also catch us on Facebook. Just put facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice, or you can go in that little search box and search for the Madden Voice. And if you come by, like the page and say hello, will you? I mean, you know, guys don't come say hi, you don't write, you know, I don't know what's going on. Um, we're on Twitter, at the Madden Voice. And, um, you know, there's going to be some things coming up this year. Every year we try to take it to another level. And uh, I've got some, some things pending and brewing for the show. Um, social media-wise, we're going we're gonna to chime and plug in a little bit stronger on the social media front. But just, but just stay tuned. Um, you know, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag just yet, but, but it's coming. Um, all right. Uh, since K-Star did not rejoin us just yet, he must be having technical difficulties. Uh Train, you you asked a very interesting topic that um, I think we could we could um, take a few minutes on. But you asked, could the NFL do more to protect players from themselves in the off season? Um, what do you what do you? I'm going to let you start the discussion. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, not knowing everything that they not only knowing some of the things that I've I've heard the NFL has in place for them. I'm finding I sometimes just find it difficult for them to 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 do more. Like, how much more can you do? With, you know, let's say for for example, the players getting DUIs. When I've heard that the NFL has a service specifically for NFL players to take them from point A to point B, and mainly it's it's not only for the safety of of them not driving while drunk, 
but simply because they're high profile. So to keep them out of danger of someone who may see them, want to mug them or whatever, because they're, they're, high, pro, they're, they're high profile people. You know what I'm saying? They're out late at night. They, they want to party. I understand it's all season. Do what you do. But I just find it difficult for the NFL to do anything else other than for the players to kind of think for themselves and realize while you're in your career, you got to be smart. you got to be smarter. Uh, I mean, they the rookie symposium, I mean, besides becoming mandatory, has really taken a, a, a different face with having examples. I mean, real-life examples of players who messed up that come and talk and let you know this is what's going. This is what's going to happen. And then they turn around and do exactly what they warned them they shouldn't do. And, and now some of the things. I mean, the freak accidents that I've seen with the with the fireworks. I think that's just you're just not thinking. I'm sorry. I'm in NFL. I need all my extremities. I'm not handling any of that. I I'll go to the to the to the to the, to the beach or, or whoever's waterway and just watch for the next 10, 12 years, however long my career is. But I just think it's difficult for the NFL, I mean, to put anything else in place other than maybe a mid-season symposium or something to let these players know that this is your career. Make smarter decisions. And I'm sure even teams have things in place throughout the season and maybe even the off-season to, tell these, to get these players like, hey, this is your career. Make smarter decisions. Stay out of trouble. Yes, you possibly can be. JB, you have thoughts on that? I mean, Train, I agree with you, man. I don't know what else there is to do. Uh, you, we're not in college anymore. You're professionals. And, and it, it, being a professional should mean something. And you should know, especially, and I'm glad you made the point of having the, the rookie symposium. I think that's probably the most critical piece of it all because you've got either veteran players or players that are retired, Hall of Famers coming to talk to you. If you're not going to listen to a Hall of Famer, sit down with you at times one-on-one and explain to you how to handle yourself as a professional in the NFL. If you're not going to listen to that, there's nobody out there that you're going to listen to. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. So I don't know what else can be done. I don't know if they need to have this on a weekly basis instead of just in the beginning of the season. I don't know if they need to create another department under the NFL to oversee this. I don't know what it is, but when people blowing off the fingers, DUIs, and like we always talked about before, the domestic violence issues and whatnot, when you have all these different scenarios take place, and obviously the media with with, uh, social media now, you can get – instantaneous information. It's not like it was back in the 80s and 90s where oh, I got to wait till the news come on. I got to wait till it hits the newspaper. No, it hits your phone as soon as it happens. So now is a time more than ever to be vigilant about either the company you keep, the activities that you do, all of the above and then some. So outside of hand-holding, there's really nothing else that can be done that I can think of. And maybe I'm in the minority, but like I said in the open. If you're a professional, you should know how to act like one. All right, so here's the deal. Um, You know, we've had a situation, um, I'd say probably since Trayvon Martin in this country, um, where people in authority, mainly police officers, 
there has been a rash of killings, right, of minorities, mainly black men, mainly, and there's a lot of discussion, Black Lives Matter and all of that, right? Um, And the reason is because of social media, because that's, you can go back and listen to Richard Pryor, 1970s albums, talking about um, cops mistreating African-Americans, okay? That's always been there. And my point is, is, and I'm using a very extreme but very relevant example, um, my point is that there is nothing else you can do because people are going to be people. And so when you have 1,600 players in the NFL and or man, it's probably closer to 1,700 players in the NFL, just based off statistics, a certain number of them are going to screw up. They're going to get the DUIs. They're going to blow their finger off playing with fireworks. You know, they're, they're, they're going to get arrested for domestic violence. They're going to whoop their kid with a switch and leave scar. It's because it's a subsection of society. There's never going to be a situation where everybody in the NFL is well-behaved. It's not going to happen because they're people. I saw a story the other day about a lady who was a, um, I think it was yesterday, White House advisor to Obama making $130,000 a year and was arrested for um, shooting at her boyfriend who was some sort of law enforcement, but she got a hold of his gun and asked him about some other woman he was seeing. This lady works for Obama, making 130 grand a year, and had to post $75,000 to get out of jail, and now is on unpaid administrative leave, and you can pretty well best assure that she's seen her last days in the White House. Why? You've got the world at your oyster. You've got it. Your future is set, and you do something stupid like that. You know why? Because people are people, and people are going to do stupid things. The difference today is we have social media. And so, as Jay mentioned, so we find out instantly. I knew about Alex uh, Gino Smith because I was on the Madden Voice Facebook page doing some show promotion, and it popped up right there. Breaking news right there. And so now it gives the appearance of a larger issue because we're hearing it quicker and we're hearing it more often. So you're going to see it on Facebook. You're going to see it on Twitter. You're going to see it on ESPN. You're going to see it on NFL Network repeatedly. Then you're going to see it on First Take tomorrow because then they're going to talk about it. And it might hit the regular news as well. Um, JPP, the Giants guy who lost his finger, that was on the Today Show. So it makes the problem appear to be larger where it's the same problem that we've always had. It's just getting more press, more coverage because of social media. And honestly, I don't think the NFL can do anything more than what they're doing. NFL and the teams, because each team also has things that they put in place, curfews and things of that nature that they put in place to help the players, you know, um, uh, act accordingly, if you will. So I don't think there's anything else they can do. I, re- I really don't. I, I, tr- I honestly truly don't. I think it's it just this is the way it's going to be. There's always going to be that guy that gets that money and goes out and gets drunk and um, gets arrested for a DUI. There's going to be the guy that, um, 
you know, his, his, you know, he thinks his girl is cheating on him and he goes home and, you know, puts his hands on her, does something he shouldn't do because that's part of society. And because football players are people. And what we really need to stop doing is putting them on a pedestal and making them more than just someone who's good at a game. That's really what we need to stop doing. Charles Barkley hit it right on the head. I ain't no damn role model. I play basketball. Your role model should be your mom and dad. Not me. I play basketball. Bill Parcell said it too. He said, hey, I'm no smarter than anybody else. I happen to know a lot about football. Take me out of football, I'm, I'm an idiot. So does that make me smarter than you because I know football? No. That's what we need to stop doing is putting these guys up, you know, the LeBron James and, you know, all of that, and, you know, the face of this and the face of that. And I want to be like him and I'm going to do what he does. And, hey, listen, it's, it's great to grow up and everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan, right? We all did our Michael Jordan dunks in our driveways and we all wanted to be Michael Jordan. And that was great because he was a phenomenal basketball player and we wanted to sail through the air like, like him. But you know what? Jay will remember we had a father that said – yeah, that's okay, but you're going to college and you're getting a degree. <laughs> you know, yep. we we had a mom that said, yeah, yeah, um, you're going to college and you're going to do well in college and get a degree. We had a mom that led the way and went and got her master's degree and said, oh, no, I'm not just singing it. I'm bringing it. I'm doing it, too. So in our household, we want to be like our mom and dad. And we need more of that in this society and not all of this thinking I'm going to go and be a multimillionaire basketball player because, you know, and, and so now all the focus is on basketball players. And then when a basketball player does what a human being does and makes a mistake, oh, my God, now let's talk about it for three days. Really? Seriously? Too much. Too much. All right, I'm done. All right, y'all, y'all got me all fired up. Y'all got me all worked up here now. <laughs> well said, T. Well said. Yeah, I try, man. First first day of the show, man. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, all right. Last topic of the night. Then we're gonna get on out of here. We'll be back next Tuesday. You know, we're gonna coast through preseason and then really get ready to go. Um, you know, when the season begins in about four weeks. Um, I know Hard Knocks is coming on in about six minutes, and I'm sure a lot of our live listeners are gonna want to run off the show and go. You know, I gotta give I gotta give HBO credit. I like Hard Knocks, even when it's a team I could give a crap about. I still like the show. And that's a sign of a very well-done show. I could really give two craps about the Houston Texans, honestly. Um, you know, <laughs> but the show is so well done, I'm going to watch it because, because I, like, I, like, I, like the sh- I like the show. Um, but let's take a couple minutes real quick. Um, you know, fantasy is always a big topic. We're going to spend some time on fantasy over the next couple weeks as well. I'll probably do a larger segment next week. But just one question. Just one question. Um, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I'm in two leagues. One league, I uh, well, train runs it. I just sit back and 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 let him do all the hard work. But it's a league that I started many many years ago. But train train runs it. And then uh, another league um, that our boy uh, Bronzel runs. Jay Jay knows about. And uh, Bronzel's starting everything over. So we're actually redrafting and starting from scratch. Uh, where in uh, the, you know the, our league, um, you get a keeper. So I'm going to I'm going to take it from starting over. And if you don't have keepers, it's a really good question. Who's your first pick? No keepers, new league, number 1 pick fantasy. JB, I'm going to let you go first. Uh my number 1 pick would be Aaron Rodgers. Bar none. 
you talk about the quarterback position and racking up the most points, he'd probably be most consistent and you still got the same weapons coming back. So that would be my choice. Okay. Good pick. Dr. Train. Well, my first question, any, any, spot, any, any open spots in the other league? <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him, actually. I don't know. Uh, I'll find out. Okay. And uh, Barnzell um, does actually listen to the show, not every show. So, B, hit me up. If you got a spot, my boy here is interested. So, if you're listening, holler at me. But go ahead. So, really, the answer to that question, you know, is, is more than just picking a player. It really depends on the format of the league. One um, is uh, quarterback heavy points. Six, six points for passing versus four. Uh, second is the PPR league. Uh, if it's the PPR league, then that that'll let you know which running back you would you would probably go with first. I'm not a I don't I don't like picking quarterbacks early. Um, I I think that's one position that you can you can you can play around with. Uh, um, that's like easier to feel than the running back position per se. So my top pick. If it's a PPR league, uh, I'd probably go with uh, Laban Bell or, or Jamal Charles. Or probably probably more Bell. Uh, but if it's not a PPR league, I, I'd probably go with AP. I think AP is about to come back with a vengeance. And that, that, mm-hmm. that offense still needs him to run hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what? I, I have to stick by the guy who has gotten me um, a championship in the EAFL League and a championship in uh, in the uh, NBX League. Um, this guy has been my workhorse. He's been Mr. Consistent. Um, and he is annually one of the top fantasy producers. Even last year, in an off year, um, he still had a great fantasy year. And that's Drew Brees. Um, he throws touchdowns. He throws yards. He's very – overall in his career, he's very consistent. Um, and the guy, like I said, he has gotten me two Super Bowls. So, um, yeah, I, I'd have to – you know, matter of fact, I, he's he's my quarterback in both leagues now. In the other league, I may lose him because, you know, we're starting from scratch and all of that, so I, I may lose him. But he's been my quarterback in both leagues for a number of years. He's been – I have not had a quarterback. In, matter of fact, I'd have to really go back and look and see if I've ever had, since I started doing fantasy football, another quarterback, another starting quarterback, obviously a backups and stuff, than Drew Brees. He's been my guy, and I've lived and died with Drew Brees. So I would probably – um, until I see a decline in his on-field play that's not precipitated by team issues, I'd still have to stick with Drew Brees, even over Aaron Rodgers, only because of what Drew Brees has done for me. And and it would kill me <laughs> to to play against Drew Brees in a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, I guess that wouldn't happen because the, the, the um, but it would kill me even a regular season game and, and go against Aaron Rodgers or go, go against Drew Brees and get whooped. And maybe that's a game I need to get into the playoffs. And then my own guy, no, nah, no, nah, I got to stick with Drew Brees. Um, but I agree with Train. Actually, I agree with both of you. I think Aaron Rodgers, it, that's a great number one pick. I, I got no dispute there. And and Train with the uh, Bell's going to get you some numbers because he's a he he comes out of backfield and receives, and he also is a good runner. He's going to get you numbers. But I think you're right. I think AP, not at all of the stuff is dead and buried. All of that, it's it's done. It's it's gone. He's got a new contract. He's not coming to Dallas. He's in Minnesota, ride or die. Um, he's he's a phenom. I mean, when you look at, you know, for, for I've always thought 
condition-wise, Terrell Owens was the best conditioned wide receiver ever. All the way around. I know Jerry Rice had some legendary workouts, but I just think Terrell Owens was the best conditioned wide receiver ever. Um, I think Adrian Peterson, um, probably the best, maybe the second best conditioned running back ever. I I don't think I can put him ahead of Jim Brown. And then Walter was pretty good, too. So I, I don't know. Adrian Peterson, though, that dude's a phenom back there. And I agree with you. I think he's gonna. I think he's coming out with a vengeance. I think he's really gonna have a, an attitude and a chip on his shoulder. And I think he's gonna come out and say, "Yeah, Demarco, who?" And you know, he's gonna come out and really try to hit it hard this year. So I don't. I don't disagree with you at all, Train. So, all right. Um, T. Um, I don't know if you. I know we we were at the show and you probably didn't check the mail, but um, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's it. Well, you know, uh, he just, for those who do, you know, for K-Star saying, I know he has some, um, his his dad is in ER with a possible stroke. He is responsible. Oh, I didn't see this. I didn't see yes. this. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, I so, thought you were talking about something else. Say this again? No, no. No, his, his dad is in the ER with a possible stroke. So he he, he said he's responsible, uh-huh. but CT scans uh, now find out um, uh trying to find out the cause of his collapse. So, um, yeah, let's just lift our boy in prayer because um, that's pretty serious. Yeah, man. Okay. We'll be praying strong for you there, K-Star. We'll be praying real strong. We got you. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know what I thought you were going to say, Train? I thought you were going to say next week we're doing a live uh, draft for the Fantasy Football League. Um, that's what I thought you were going to say. I, I apologize. Um, absolutely. Um I knew something wasn't right for K-Star to just book off the show like that and not say anything. Um, so, yeah, everybody um, out there in, in, in uh, the Madden Voice Nation, let us pray for K-Star's dad and for the family. And um, hopefully, um, you know, that uh, everything is okay. So our best wishes to K-Star on that one. Um, all right. Um, JB, final thoughts? Uh, I think really those would be my final thoughts. Just best wishes to his dad and hope everything is all right. We'll uh, we'll be praying strong and hard and hope to see him back next week. That's more important than anything right now. Okay. Dr. Train? Uh, man, my same sentiments. Uh, yeah, I know uh, Yeah, we do have the fantasy football, and I'm excited about that. And definitely so is K-Star, and I, I want him to be – you should be able to keep that excitement. So absolutely, bro, your family would definitely be in my prayers, man, and hope your dad recovers. Yeah, um, it goes without say. We will all pray for K-Star's family and his dad, and hopefully it's, um, you know, the text said possible stroke, so let's hope it's not um, and that everything is going to be okay. Um, That said, as we pray for K-Star, let us and his family, let us – and this and the, and the show on a little bit of an up note and say that we're glad to have football back. Um, we're, we're, we're glad to be back on the show. We're glad to be able to have these interesting discussions and debates. And for those of you out there listening to the show, if you like the show, tell somebody about it. If you don't like the show, Hey, send me a message, you know, tweet me at the Madden voice, 
Facebook, um, the Madden Voice. Send a message, post a message. You know, we were open to constructive criticism on how we could make the show better, um, and, and that's really what we want to do. But we want to be that one place that you can go in unfiltered, uninfluenced opinions about the game and um, really to have a fan's perspective, a fan's viewpoint on the game. So that's kind of what we want to be, and uh, let's hope that we can continue to be that. So for Dr. Train, for JP, JB, and most importantly, K-Star and his family, keeping them in our prayers. Hope everybody has a great night, and we will be back here next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. And remember, as always on the Madden Voice, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. <laughs>